what SmartView does is we enable enterprise software sales teams to create a library of personalized product demos to help them close deals faster. Mm -hmm. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of The Thinking Project. It's your host, Dalton Jensen. Before I jump into my guest, if you're watching this on YouTube, make sure you subscribe, hit the bell, all that crazy stuff. And if you're listening on Spotify or Apple, please make sure you follow and subscribe as well. It helps the podcast grow. And the best part about it for you is it costs $0. So make sure you hit that subscribe, all that good stuff. And of course, you know, the podcast isn't sponsored, but if you want to support the show and you're in sales or business development or business in general, you're starting out wherever you're at in the process and you want to get better at sales and business development, join the Empathetic Selling Mastermind group that I have. All of those links are in the description below. I've curated over four hours of on-demand video, 20 plus scripts, um, the art of the appointment setting. So if you want a freelance job tomorrow, setting appointments for digital marketing companies or really anybody, uh, go take the course and then start making tons of money from home. And with all that being said, let me introduce my guest for today, Robin Singby, who is the owner of SmartQ, which is a sales platform uh, that helps you get better at demos. And actually his story was fascinating as well. So I'm really excited to introduce you to Robin and thank you so much for listening to the podcast. All right, Robin. Thanks for joining me, sir. Thank you for having me, Dalton. Of course, man. So let me ask you this. We'll, we'll just start off with this. So mm -hmm. how do you go from zero to one as a SaaS founder? I know you have your SaaS product. It's tailored to salespeople. Um, but, and creating a SaaS product right now is really huge. So how, mm -hmm. how, do, you, how do you go from the idea to execution? Ah, oh, man, Dalton, I mean, you threw me a curveball right <laughs> off the bat. But but to be honest, I think everyone's journey is different, right? Um, it depends on your product, depends on which industry you're in, whether you're doing B2B, B2C, whether, you know, you're, you're going into a blue ocean, whether you're going into a crowded market, right? Everyone's journey is going to be different, right? For me personally with SmartQ, um, we were going into an industry that I knew right, which is sales enablement. I spent a number of years in the space. I, I lived through the problem that I was trying to solve. And so for me, um, I knew what I wanted to solve for, right? So, so that was, I think, uh, a plus for me. Uh, the other thing is that when you're going to zero to one, and, and of course, this, is, this may be a cliche, but you really do need to do this, is do things that don't scale, yeah. right? So for me, it was that, okay, you know what? I think it's a problem, but is it really a problem? And how do you validate whether it's a problem? You talk to folks who you think are your target <sighs> clients, right? Your prospects. Right. And you don't just talk to one or two or three. You got to talk to like, you know, at least a hundred people, right? And it's not just like, Hey, I'm built, I'm doing this. I'm trying to solve this problem. What do you think? They're like, okay, cool. That's great. You know, more power to you, Robin. That's not the answer that you want. Right, especially yeah. if you're gonna if you're gonna sort of you know put all your eggs in this one basket as a as a startup founder, right? Gonna quit your job and build this startup. So, like for me, I went in there. I was like, okay, this is the problem I'm trying to solve. Is this a problem for you? And how big of a problem is it? Right? Is it is it a, is it a vitamin or is it a painkiller? Right? And then I'd be like, okay, 
if someone solved this problem for you, how fast would you jump on it? Right? That, oh, I need this solution today. And then finally, mm -hmm. my ask would be that, okay, so let's assume I solve this problem for you in three months. Would you be willing to pay me for it now? I'll give you a, a sweeter deal or whatever, but would you be able to pay me now? And if I, if I got like a positive, positive response, you know, across the majority of my conversations, then for me, I'm like, okay, there's something there. And now it's worth my time to go in and, and try and build something and execute. Right. So, so, so that's how I try to approach it. Right. Um, you know, interestingly, you know, I, I actually got my first client when I had just a, a Figma prototype of my product. Like I didn't even have a real product. Cause I was like, you know, this is what I'm building. What do you think? They're like, where do I sign? And I was like, wait a minute, let me draft up a contract. Cause I have no, I have no contract. Right? <laughs> yeah. And then, yeah. uh, and then, yeah, I mean, you know, the rest is history. Like we, we just went from one step to the other, but, but yeah, honestly, I think it's just validating a problem, figuring out if it's a big enough problem and then doing the work, right. Just, just putting in the hours and doing things that don't scale. Yeah. Uh, to get you to zero from zero to one. I like that. And you mentioned one of the things that I, I kind of laughed when you said it, but I'm in sales. We all have to go through the validation process. And you yeah. mentioned, is it a vitamin or a painkiller? How do you, what, what answers are you looking for to determine if it's a, if it's a vitamin, which I'm assuming yeah. is like a nice to have or a painkiller, which is exactly. like, hey, we got to get rid of this tomorrow. Right. How, exactly. What answers do you look for to define the two? Yeah, so so that's interesting, right? So and and that question and the question about would you pay for it are very intimately linked, right? So so if someone says, yeah. "Oh my god, I need it right now." They're like, "Would would you pay for it?" They're like, "Maybe." So then maybe it's not a painkiller. Right? right? Maybe it's not a must-have. Uh on the other hand, if they're like, you know, "Oh my god, it's really a problem and yes, I will pay you today if you solve this problem for me." then you know yeah. that it, it certainly is, you know, a problem that they have today and that they really need to solve for, right? right. Um, for me personally, some of the other indicators of whether a problem is a vitamin or a painkiller is especially in the space I'm in, sales enablement, right? Will solving my product, or will solving my problem lead to an increase in sales or uh you know, saving me time or improving efficiency, right? Yeah. If it's either of those three, <laughs> because I'm selling a product which is directed towards sales teams, then I know that, you know, we're on the right track, right? Because that, that really is what it boils down to. And even those three, you can boil it down to two things. One, one is whether you're making me money or saving me time, right? Because yeah. uh, efficiency is related to time and, and then, you know, increasing revenue. So, if 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 those are the two themes that you tend to hear most in those conversations, I would say that you're onto something that is definitely a, a paid killer. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I like that because the paid question, the like, will you pay for it today question is is huge, right? We all love, uh, and I love that you're talking to a hundred people. I've heard that number a few times when you're validating a product, like a right. um, hundred people, but like a hundred people that. May, like you don't really know, right? They aren't like friends exactly, and family. Exactly. <laughs> because exactly. Everybody will tell you that they love it and nobody will want to pay for it. Oh my right. God. So true. Yeah. <laughs> and so, so true. The, where, where did you go to find the hundred people who weren't friends and family? 
Uh, so again, do things that don't scale. What I did was, you know, I went on to LinkedIn, I went on to Twitter, I searched for hashtags, which is like sales enablement, product demos, uh, you know, sales readiness and things like that. Mm -hmm. You know, saw all the people who were posting about it and went in and saw if those are, those are actual salespeople or not, right? Or they're sales leaders, sales managers, like looked at all of that and then started reaching out to them. I must have reached out at least a thousand people, maybe a couple thousand, because not everyone's going to respond to you because, you know, all of us get all of these random DMs or LinkedIn messages from people who are wanting something. So mm -hmm. they just, so just put in the work, um, get 15 minutes of folks' time, folks who don't know you, folks who have no sort of, um, you know, bias towards you or what you're doing. And then, um, and then, then, then see where where it goes. Like, I mean, I, I think you have to do that even after the zero to one journey, right? I think um, mm -hmm. when you're because zero to one means that there's a problem, and then when you need to go from one to hundred is when you're like on your way to finding PMF, which is product market fit, right? Uh -huh. And so, so this journey I don't think ends ever, right? right. <laughs> uh, as you grow, you're trying to find different problems to solve and figure out again if the problem is worth solving for. And right. someone's going to, you know, really see the value in it. So, yeah, I mean, th those are some of the things that I did. Yeah, I love that. And let's talk about SmartQ. Yeah. Um, I was doing some research. I've been in sales for a long time. I was in right. tech sales for like two years doing the product demos over Zoom and all that good stuff. Um, yeah. So tell us like what SmartQ is and what problem SmartQ solves. Okay. So... Uh, per perhaps a little bit of context or, or okay. backstory uh, yeah. will help, right? So, 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 I came up with SmartQ because, like I said earlier, I lived through the problem, and for me, there were like two pivotal moments really in time that culminated into SmartQ. First is, you know, I spent a lot of years in sales enablement. Uh, you know, back then it was just called sales training or sales readiness. Even. Uh, sales enablement is this yeah. new buzzy term, right? But uh, my team <laughs> and I, you know, we, we, we would try all of these tools, these frameworks, these training sessions, and you know, a ton of other approaches because one of our KPIs was to enable or train or ramp up our sales teams. And we tried all of these different approaches with, with, with mixed results, to be honest. And you know, during one of these sessions, one of my reps came up to me and she said, you know, Robin, all these tools, trainings and, you know, frameworks that you're trying to force onto me uh, are really asking me to change my existing workflow with no guarantees of success, right? But you know that sales folks live and die by the quarter. <laughs> Tell me why you think yeah. I would actually adopt these if they don't help me now. And, you know, yeah. that, that kind of just blew my mind. That was a big aha moment. I was like the fact that we're forcing our reps to change their way of working and not trying to like work with them within their existing workflows and make them more efficient, right? Yeah, um, yeah. And, and the, the second sort of uh, pivotal moment was the pandemic, right? Mm -hmm. Virtual selling is now mainstream because of the pandemic. And the the problem with that is that now instead of being able to build a a, a rapo, you know, use their charisma to move a deal along potentially, the rep really has a very cold, impersonal, perhaps you know, this thirty minute <laughs> Zoom call 
to convince a buyer that their product or solution is the best solution. Right. Those, those, you know, those two things were kind of perfect storm for me to try and solve that problem, that hate. Uh, and, and you know, my conviction was, can we build something that allows sales teams to deliver product demos that were personalized to the buyer's pain point and worked with the reps' existing workflows so that we would have higher adoption and see a tangible impact on deal conversions, right? And so mm, yeah. SmartQ was born. Uh, and the rest is history, right? So, so in yeah. a nutshell, what SmartQ does is we enable enterprise software sales teams to create a library of personalized product demos to help them close deals faster. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So when now demos are mm. demos have to be like super personalized, right? Mm -hmm. For it to work, right? Absolutely. Because you got to be like, we're, we're trying to nail down this particular customer's pain point and how we solve their, their, their um, problem. Now I yes. will, I will say that like most people have the same problem, but they have a unique story behind how they came to this problem. And that's kind of what yes. you're piecing together, right? As a salesperson, you're trying to, you're trying to piece this story that they have and the story that you're selling as well. Right. So, but I'm curious on, so are, are these like, I, I did a little bit of research. I watched a couple of videos, um, but are these like pre-recorded demos or how do you, or, or like when you say personalized, how, how, how do they become personalized? More yeah. personalized. So that, that, that's a great question, right? So, so if we think of the, the construct of an enterprise sales team, right? Mm -hmm. There's your frontline sales folks like the SDRs, the BDRs, or the inside sales reps. Then there's the mm -hmm. AEs. And then to support them, you have a whole cast of people, right? So whether it is sales engineers right. or solutions consultants or folks from product marketing, right? Depending on the organization or the enterprise, there will be one of these two or three functions that owns the you know, the KPI of enabling or training the sales teams. And as yeah. a result, they own the creation of collaterals, decks, personalized demos, demo libraries, mm -hmm. sales playbooks, and what have you, right? And typically, there is some form of a sales playbook in most enterprise sales teams, right? right. The problem right. is, that these playbooks are static objects living in, you know, some repository somewhere and <laughs> yeah. are not, you know, sort of being tapped into or used by sales teams as well as they perhaps can be or should be. Right. Mm -hmm. So what, what we're trying to do with SmartQ is you, you know, whoever, whichever function in the org owns that piece of demos, right takes all of their, their library of demos or demo playbooks or demo workflows or whatever you, you want to call them and mm -hmm. configures them inside of SmartQ, right? That, okay, you know, you have a, and, and, you know, whether you have demos by buyer personas, whether you have them by use cases, by industries, by geographies, whatever it is, right? I mean, whatever your construct right. of SmartQ plays nice. Uh, right. The idea being that you, you, you create this library that is dynamic that is easy to manage, configure, update, and is equally easy for a rep to access and use and leverage, right? Right. So, so the the act 
of creating, maintaining, and updating these demo libraries, these personalized demo libraries lies with the product marketing teams or the sales enablement mm. teams, the solution consulting teams, wh wh whoever owns that function, right? I don't know how to sell your product. Mm -hmm. You are the best folks who know <laughs> how to sell your product, right? What I can't yeah, help yeah, of course. with is enabling you to perhaps, you know, push through that message that will resonate with your buyer, right? And uh -huh. ensuring that there is a there is a, a, a seamless and clear line of communication across all functions and channels of the sales team. Right. right. So, the, so, so right. a very easy way to think about SmartQ is think of SmartQ as like Jarvis, right? Iron, Iron Man's Jarvis, yeah. where <laughs> a rep is doing a live demo and, you know, SmartQ is just queuing him or her up with the right oh. sort of, you know, cues or battle cards or whatever you want to call them. Oh, that, yeah. hey, because you're Because you're showing this part of your product and you're doing a live product demo, and you're showing this part of your product, this feature, this module, what have you, to this type of buyer, these are the things that you'd perhaps highlight. This is the case study mm. that you, you should perhaps reference, right? This is the success story. Yeah. These are the metrics that you, you should perhaps drop when you're talking to these folks to make yeah. the, the problem real, to make you yeah. come across as more informed and aware yeah. and empathetic to the buyer's problem. Right. So, so, so yeah. hopefully that helps uh, paint a picture of, of how you can think about smart and how we're trying no, to solve the problem. No, I like that. Cause I was actually in sales enablement for a little bit. Yeah. Um, like I'm now, like I thought that was really cool. I really love sales enablement and I still think I might go there one day uh, in yeah. that kind of route because it's really fun. Like it's, it's really fulfilling for me to be like, Hey, we, we are helping salespeople like reach their goals, hit quota because what, I think the rep view uh, data said something crazy, like 80% of sales teams like don't hit quota Oh yeah, or something crazy yeah. like that. I mean, like right. hitting quota is a big deal. Right. And so like, hitting how do you, is a big deal. Close? Yeah. 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 I like that. Yeah, yeah. And so like you go into sales and enablement and yeah, I mean, I was there, right. There's a ton of, there's a ton of, um, you know, there's a ton of freaking, yeah battle cards and like where are they at yeah, yeah, yeah even if they're in one place now i got this open and i've got to try to dig or i've got to like yeah. uh, you know and i know someone's sitting there going like well you a good salesman will just prepare and i agree with you but we've yes. all taken calls last minute we've all had the sdr slack us and been like hey bro i got a i got a guy right yeah. now who wants a demo you know what i mean <laughs> so obviously there's something for this right like i don't want to keep digging right, around right. or building a personal slide deck um, and having this is, is really helpful. Um, what's the feedback you've gotten from like salespeople? Yeah. So, um, you know, it's been, it's been super interesting because, um, we, we officially only launched this past September and in the past mm -hmm. two or three months now, um, we're getting some really good feedback. You know, we, we've signed on yeah. some, some paid clients as well, which is, which is, which is, like I said at the beginning, like if someone's paying you, you're obviously yeah. doing something right. Um, and we're seeing seeing pretty decent usage numbers. And uh, we're, we're still yeah. early on in our journey and like, you know, uh, great feedback that we're getting that's helping us improve our product as well. But all in all, I'm really bullish about 2023 
based on the feedback that we've seen and you know where we're headed right with our product yeah. with uh with the things we have planned with our customers with our partners um all all really really promising signs yeah i love that and what about the uh, sales leaders yeah i mean they they love it the yeah. most because because let let's let's consider the current state right or the status status right. quo which is that right. okay as a sales leader what i know is that <laughs> my salesperson had 20 meetings this week right mm -hmm. what i don't know is during that meeting how much time did my sales rep spend showcasing this our specific product yeah right I know what I don't know is when they were showing our product, did they actually follow the demo playbook or not? Did they, which right. oh, yeah, the yeah, product yeah. did they show or did they not show? Right. So, right. so, so sales leaders are like, oh my God, now it's not about control, but it's about feedback, right? It's like, okay, now I, I really start to understand right. what is resonating with my target audience, which parts of my product are not getting as much traction as I thought they would get. And then mm -hmm. because of this feedback loop, I'm able to, in an agile manner, tweak my sales playbook, my demo playbook, so that I'm really zoning in on what's working best for different buyer personas, their different buying, buying segments, right? So, so they right. absolutely love it, right? Because, because we're, we're enabling sales reps, but we're, uh, circling back all of this feedback and analytics and insights to sales leaders, right? And they, they use a bunch of these other tools like, you know, for sales intelligence, like a gong and a wingman or what have you. Uh, and Swarm mm -hmm. just, you know, augments them really well because they do a lot of transcribing and, and this and that um, and, and some intelligence baked in there. But we're telling them, hey, you know, along with this conversation, this is how your actual product is being showcased to prospects, right? Yeah. This is where folks are spending the most time. This is where your prospects are showing the most interest. So like that information yeah. flows up to the sales leader. It then also flows down to product marketing because now what they know is that okay, mm. if these are the things in my product, which have the most traction that, that are resonating the most with my prospects, then let me go and change my messaging and positioning on my website and all of my other collateral to really just double down on that. <laughs> right. Yeah. Why, why spend time trying to like, you know, throw uh, darts in the dark when I have all this valuable data about what's, what's really leading to conversions. Right. So, yeah. so yeah. a great, great side effect of that is now when you, when you have this 360 degree feedback loop, now when you're bringing in MQLs, you know, that they're much, much better qualified than previously, because now you know that you're messaging folks with the right message and you're targeting the right people. So when someone fills yeah. out a form or, or comes in, you know that they're really qualified, right? And primed to sort of convert. But yeah. Those, right. And you know, I love that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love that because it's just, um, especially when you can communicate with the product marketing team or whoever, mm -hmm. right? Whoever does that in a SaaS startup. Like yeah. having real data is like super important. And I think that as salespeople, like typically when we're communicating, it's a lot of like he said, she said, 
or maybe it's clips from a gong software or something like that or a zoom recording or something right but it's but it's a lot it's a lot better when you know like exactly where in the product and you can see it kind of in real time i i think that's pretty i think that's pretty sweet so tell me tell us like the origin story like um what gave you that i mean obviously we we've talked about kind of like the problem but when did it when did you see it become a problem what made you take the leap into doing your own thing like stepping into entrepreneurship all that stuff so so we spoke about it a little bit right and and man yeah dalton like you're a popular man your your messages are blown <laughs> up here <laughs> yeah 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 i know uh, I, I don't know why i'm trying to like silence me. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's all good it's all good yeah, yeah so yeah. um you know the origin really is that that i've i've been in sales enablement as a solutions consultant as a solution architect for for 10 plus years you know i've worked at a number of different startups of different sizes, uh, but all of them uh, selling to enterprises, right? And mm, yeah, 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 yeah. And I, you know, I, I was joined at the hip with my sales team, so I was out there with them trying to crack these these large, very complex deals. And the one thing that always stood out to me was, mm-hmm. man, here are extremely talented, extremely driven sales folks, and we obviously have products and solutions that that will solve the problems of our buyers. But when the rubber hits the road, when sales folks are out there in front of clients trying to showcase the product, why are they only doing demos which are six months old or they're doing like the same vanilla cookie cutter demo for everyone? Or they're yeah. like, hey, you know what? I don't do demos. I just go through the slide deck and then I bring in a sales engineer to do a demo <laughs> like that, 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 yeah. that there's, there, there's a problem there. Right. So it was right. always something that, that was at the back of my mind. I was like, how do we solve this? We tried like a bunch of product walkthrough tools. We tried LMS systems. We tried a whole gamut of approaches to try and solve this problem. And the problem really was how do you empower these sales folks? to be able to do their mm-hmm. own demos, to do them without friction, but fitting into their existing workflow and empowering them or enabling them to do demos that are relevant and contextual to their buyers, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so this problem just like kept gnawing at me, gnawing at me for, for years. And then when the pandemic struck, <laughs> you know, it just became more, even more acute, right? Because right. now they couldn't like, go in, in, in the room, shake hands, make eye contact, you know, establish a relationship with the client and then perhaps use that to push a deal through. Right. And right. Th- what that meant is now the product had to shine. So, you know, in my last organization, the reliance on product experts or sales engineers or solutions consultant, like increased exponentially. Because sales folks quickly realize that, oh my God, now we really need to show, show the product much earlier in the sales cycle. And we need to be able to convince this client in 30 minutes or less that you know they have a problem that we can solve for them, right? And, and they wanted to like yeah. avoid that, that, that dreaded, you know, especially if folks are like me wearing glasses, you're trying to avoid... <sighs> 
looking into their glasses like, oh, my God, they moved away from the Zoom window. They're opening up their email or chats. <laughs> and you're like, we lost them. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so 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 for me, I was like, oh, my God, like, I mean, this is the time. Like, I mean, someone has to solve it now because, you know, virtual selling or hybrid work is not going away. It is here to stay. People right. are starting to see the value and benefits in it, the cost savings in it. Uh, but it comes with its own problems and challenges, right? Uh, so, so yeah, like uh, I want to say, like right in the part of the pandemic in like November of 2020, I quit my job. I was like, no, I have to do this, right? Um, I, I took like four months to have those conversations with people, uh, try and mm -hmm. validate the the problem. Uh, once I got that validation, that's when I started to build a little MVP, put it together with like duct tape. Uh, pretty much. And then um, went yeah. out there, you know, try to sell it to people, even sold sold some to people, then realized it sucks because yeah. it, it was an MVP, right? So went back right, to the drawing right, right. board, re-architected the whole thing. And then last September is, is when we launched our product hunt and put it out there for the world to see. And, uh, you know, since then, it's just, it's just been a... Um, you know, upward and rightward trajectory um, with, with, you know, Thank customer you. feedback, with investor feedback, with uh, partner feedback. So, so yeah, that's, that's, you know, that's, that's been the journey so far. How, how did you feel selling the MVP? Like some people I know when they start, <laughs> right? Like, set, I mean, you have to, like, it's good. Like, yes. I don't think, that's bad at all, right? Like get out there, Not at all. start selling it. Cause if people will buy it, that means you're on the right track. Even if you have to like, you know, work, you know, work through it. But how was that for yeah. you? Like knowing that you're selling just, you know, and not just an MVP, but you get what I'm saying, yeah. right? Like, like an MVP. Yeah, yeah. So, so it was, it was definitely a learning curve for me, right? Because um, right. while I was part of sales teams, I wasn't like a hunter or a pure play salesperson. Right. So it was, so it was always hard for me to sell something that is not done, done. Right, but, right, right. Exactly. You know, yeah. yeah. Right. I mean, so, so, but, but, but that's yeah. when I like, I started to talk to my advisors and, and some folks who, you know, I, I surrounded myself in those early days with folks who were out and out sales folks. I was like, uh -huh. I'm going to need that mindset. I'm going to need that advice. And they were like, don't feel bad about it. Go sell right? Be right. truthful and be transparent that this is an MVP, but sell, right? I mean, try yeah, and yeah, get yeah, people yeah. To, to put their money where their mouth is. And so, you know, it was a, it was a, yeah, it was, it was a habit that I had to cultivate, right? So, so it was yeah. hard, but, but, you know, we got there and we got some people to pay and, and sort of uh, start using the product. Um, like I said, you know, it sucked, yeah. but we got some great feedback. And I'm like, if we did not do that, if we would have just, um, you know, built, 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 and then tried to sell, yeah. we would have lost maybe a year before learning all those valuable lessons that we learned in like month four. Right. Right. I think, uh, yeah, I, I, I don't. And that's, that's the advice that I give people when they're like, yeah, right. but it's not perfect or, or this and that. And I don't know. I heard a really good piece of advice one time that was like, you know, if your product is perfect, you launch too late. Like, and that's 100%. what I always, yeah, that's what I always like yeah. tell people. I'm like, it's not necessarily like we can figure it out along the way. And I like what you said is like, and what in the advice you got from your advisors, which was like, be transparent, um, to, you know, tell them what's going yeah. on, tell them that it's an MVP. 
And and when you when you explain to people like, hey, this is a new idea, this is what we're envisioning, the product is going through whatever, right? But you know, if you stick with us, we're gonna stick with it and we're all gonna get there in the end. And I think that's exactly. that's how you pitch it, right? And people are like okay with that for the most part. Like I yeah. that's been my experience. It's like when you're truthful right. and upfront with them and there's no surprises, that's where you get in trouble, right? As salespeople, when there's surprises. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 like good exactly. or bad exactly. surprises. I don't like either one. Yes, yes. <laughs> like good agree. surprises. Good surprises uh, have all, have sometimes backfired with me in the sense that, you know, oh hey, this is a good surprise, and then they're like, hmm, what else is? What else could be a good surprise, right? And we just yeah. like get on this track. So I like to just lay it all out there. But but uh, no, that's how you do it. That's how you sell it, right? That's that's a yeah. great way to. Yep. I, I love that idea. Yeah, I love yeah, I love yeah, that I mean, idea. You, know, right. you just you just gotta put in the work. Right. <laughs> right. And yeah. so how long have you guys been doing this now? Uh, so we, we launched our MVP uh, in April or May, April of last year. So April 2021. And, oh, nice. uh, you know, had, had it in the hands of people, got great feedback, you know, iterated mm-hmm. on it, uh, re-architected the whole product and uh, relaunched this past September. So we've been at it since officially launching three months or so. Oh, nice. I, yeah. that's, that's so awesome. And then, and now you're doing a little podcast tour to get the word out there. Hey, I'm trying, you know, uh, as a, as a solo <laughs> founder, as someone, you know, yeah. who hasn't raised a ton of money and who doesn't have a lot of marketing team behind him. Um, right. you know, I'm, I'm actually just relying on the generosity and the reach of, of folks like you, to get to help me get the word out, honestly, right? But that, um, but that's how you do it. It's a yeah. great way to do. And this it. is like yeah, you, and this is for me ahead, another another one. Sorry, so so this is for me another one of those things that don't scale, right? Uh, mm-hmm. But I'm like, well, I mean, <laughs> you got to start yeah. somewhere, right? And well, so, yeah, you got to so start somewhere. Yeah, and, and I but I like that idea. People do think like that you have to do things that I, I like to do things that don't scale. Idea. Because it's yeah. just it, because even though it doesn't scale for me, it's like business sometimes is about the long game, right? Mm-hmm. I get you know like speed of execution is real, getting things out there quickly, and, and making sure that you're the first, you're the whatever. Um, but there is a time when you do just have to play the long game. You gotta like, you know, go on a podcast, do the content marketing, get to make phone calls, right? Like, right. like yourself, you know, and. And uh, I just think that's part of the the rite of passage of business, though. You know what I 100%. mean? Like, yeah. it's, you almost you almost don't respect a lot of people. And maybe respect <laughs> isn't the right word, but like, it's hard for me to like lean into a lot of things. Like, you know, you didn't like this was almost like an overnight success. Like, or you did have access to lots of capital right, right out of the gate. Like, right. you didn't have to like make a hundred phone calls a day <laughs> or, or send like yeah, a million LinkedIn messages, right? Yeah, I mean, there's no right or wrong way to scale a business to each their own, of course. But for me, sure. I think, you know, the whole thing about, for me, it was like, well, I don't have capital to burn, right? I mean, burn was such a great right. term the past uh, year and a half, two years when capital was easy to access, yeah. right? But for yeah, me, yeah. I was like, no, no, no. I mean, for me, a real business, a scalable business, a business for the long term doesn't mean burn, but it, what it means is, am I profitable? Am I, am I, you know, supported by customer revenue, right? Are my mm, NPS yeah. scores high enough? Is my retention high enough, right? I mean, for me, those are the things that, that really matter. 
right? As opposed Absolutely. to like, all right, let's just throw a bunch of money that we took from someone else and then <laughs> you know, see what happens. If it sticks, great. If not, oh, not my money. <laughs> yeah, I know. Isn't that the isn't that the hard part? That is kind of crazy because <laughs> like I'm I'm here in I'm here in Salt Lake City. So obviously we have yeah. a ton of those tech companies here. We have a ton right, of these VCs and PEs here. And uh, it's just crazy to see some of mm -hmm. like the, uh, and how it's kind of turning, right? Like this mindset, yeah. like the mindset that you have is great. And a lot of people do, but there's a whole other side of the aisle that when we were going through the last two years and it was easy money and VCs were handing yeah. out how much, however much money to, you know, anybody they liked based on ratios, right. you know, and, and it was just like, yeah. and now we're going through all these layoffs, right? Because it's, it wasn't right. about building, you know, it was just about justifying the money yeah. instead of instead yeah. of actually working towards being re customer revenue supported and things like that. And that's right. a kind of right. a strong stance. And I realize that's not every tech company, but that's how it felt like watching some of these in Utah. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It was wild. Right. It was right. just right. wild, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah. and then, yeah, and, and, and I don't know, man. Uh, all the layoffs that I've been seeing are salespeople. It's like, why do you lay off your salespeople? You know, you're the yeah, first that, people that get laid off. They're like marketing and salespeople. You're like, what the heck, man? You're like, <laughs> salespeople and marketing, those are the two you let go? Like, all right. Uh, I know. All right, all right. I know. It is, it is interesting. <laughs> it is interesting how that cycle yeah. goes. Yeah. It's, it's wild, man. It's wild. And so for you, um, getting smart you up and running. I mean, and honestly, that's, you know, when we're talking about this, that's honestly how I see kind of like it helping, you know, retain salespeople, helping like justify salespeople. Although I, you know, I don't think we'll ever get away from like, you know, these, these layoffs, but, you know, giving, and that's why I like the term sales enablement over like training, mm. you know, you're in a, like yeah. to be able to enable salespeople to like do that. But also I think the, you know, and, and I might ask you this, but you know, one of the things that I'm thinking of when I, when I look at sales enablement is like not just enabling salespeople to do good in this company, but like mm -hmm. enabling them to do well in their career. Right. Because yeah. the one, I mean, look, I've been laid off before. It was like, a shock. It was right out the gate. So I know how it feels. But one of the things that gave me comfort during my personal layoff was knowing that I knew how to sell. Right. And that it didn't matter. Like I could sell tech, I could sell whatever, like I could get out there and do that. And, and that's why I really enjoy the whole idea of sales enablement. But with right. that kind of in mind or, or, you know, or throwing that aside, what, what do you think some of the goals of sales enablement are, should be? So, so that's a, that's a very interesting question, right? So whether it's sales yeah. or any other function and whether it's professional or personal, I think it's, it's important to have frameworks or that's how I like to, to do it. Like have frameworks around right. anything that I'm trying to tackle. So whether it's scaling a business, <laughs> whether it's trying to manage my time as a solo founder, trying to like figure out my priorities, you know, what do I need to get done first or, or next or whatever it is. Uh, you know, selling right. a lot of people talk about sales being an art and not a science. I actually beg to defer. I think it's more a science than an art. <laughs> and, and, it, and if you yeah. can, if you can, if you can get it down, I mean, of course, like, I mean, there's, there's charm and charisma and, and sure. responding to body language and, and, you know, understanding yeah. uh, the, the human cues and emotional cues and all of that. But, but really, I think there's like, it's like the Pareto principle, right? You can actually mm -hmm. get 80% of the way by having a framework and approaching things uh, the way that, that 
you know, uh, yeah. you have a playbook, right? Framework playbook. Yeah, what, what you will. But so, so yeah, for me, yeah, yeah. I think, I think, I think that's, that's the biggest thing, right? Uh, even, yeah. even, you know, starting a company, running a startup, going from zero to one, whatever it is, there's playbooks, right? Uh, you, 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 right. you pick the one that works the best for you. Um, iterate on it, uh, tweak it to your requirements and needs, and then, you know, just run with it. Just, just, you know, put your head down and grind it out. Um, and yeah. then, you know, the 20% is when you'll be like, okay, what do I need to tweak? This is, this is different. What do I need to do differently? How do I, how do I get this specific deal over the line? Right. And that's the fun. Right. Thing. Right. But other than that, it's oh, just yeah. like, Hey, you know what? Uh, you know, just, just keep your head to the ground and, and just keep, keep executing, <laughs> yeah. right. Pick a framework and, and run with yeah. it. But that's, that's the way how I've, I've tried to build smart Q over the past couple of years. That's how I, I try to like, you know, grow in my professional career over the past 10, 10 odd years. Uh, so yeah, frameworks, man. Yeah. I, I think, well, and what you said there was really, was really interesting because yeah, I think I, I can, I can agree with you that it's more of a science than an art. I think there's a mm -hmm. strong case for that. And, and while you were saying that I was more convinced because that's what I do like in my staffing and, uh, training yeah. and staffing agency. Right. So like yeah. I actually don't hire on purpose, um, because the story of this agency actually came from my wife needing a job. And I was running into a lot of people who were like, I just need somebody to call these people. Like I have like a right. thousand leads that I have never called. <laughs> I just need somebody to call them and set an appointment with them. Right. And Ooh. my wife was like, well, I think I could do that. And, and me, like I've been, you know, I've been an SDR. I've been, I've, I've had the one, you know, the 12 months of doing nothing but making 50 calls a day. Right. Oh, yeah. And I was like, man, that's really hard though. You know, but, but she said something, you know, and, and we were talking about it and, and and I was like, but you know what though? Like, what kind of sales trainer am I if I can't take somebody who wants to learn and wants to do this, even mm. though I think that they, that it might not be the best fit? Like, what kind of person mm. am I if I don't try to make it happen? Right. Yeah. And so, yeah. so actually, you know, to what you said, right? We put together a really good training program and we take, you know, stay at home parents who want a, a low key job that you can do from home and just and make phone calls. And sell, yeah. and uh, love it. And it's you actually worked out ICB. really well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You do yeah. really, and we do really well. Like we just partner yeah. them up with people, and and it's really nice um, because it's just like you said, we get we can get eighty percent of the way with a playbook. Like I can do 100%. a majority of it with a really good process, yes. um, and a training process, right? And a good and like good scripts, and and I I know, I know scripts is like the S word, right? But it's like, <laughs> but it's like, I, but it's like, you need them, right? Like, and I have yes. a whole spiel on, on scripts or whatever, but, but, uh, mm -hmm. about making I do too. Scripts or whatever, versus cues. Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, no, no, no. And so I love cues. I love the idea of cues. I love the idea of, right. Of, of just having those frameworks in place to like set people yeah. up. Right. Yes. And, and so, right. You know, one of the last, so the last question I'll ask you then, you, you kind of brought it up and I think it's a nice way to like, cap it all off, but like the difference between, so, you know, we were just talking about sales and sales scripts and cues. So give me your thoughts, like lay it out for us, boss. So, um, so sales scripts, you know, I think, I think make people sound robotic, right? If done poorly, yeah. but if done yeah. right, they, they, they help sales folks or anyone using a script really to get to their objective faster. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and and, yep. and um, 
you know, uh, for for folks on SmartQ, I, I always tell even my current customers that, hey, you know what, uh, SmartQ is not here to to replace the hard work that you need to do. It's not here for you to like skip discovery or you know not know about right. your client <laughs> or the problem you're solving yeah, 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 or spending yeah. time on your product. It is about making you better when you've put the work in. Right. It's like, mm. okay, I know my product, I've done my discovery, I'm 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 really confident yeah. about everything, but but I need that little nudge, right? How do I yeah. put how how do I push that client over the line? Uh, and that's where Smart Q comes in with cues, right? It's not about like, here's your script, just read it out no matter what the client asks you. Client asks you a question, you're like, mm -hmm. sorry, you'll have to wait four <laughs> minutes before I get to that because yeah, my script won't that, let yeah. me. Yeah, right. So 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 right. So, so scripts, when done right, are very valuable. Um, scripts don't replace the actual hard work um, that that you should put in um, mm -hmm. when doing your job, sales or otherwise. But mm -hmm. uh, but when done right, I think they can really help an individual, and in, in my case, uh, sales reps, um, you know, execute better, hit targets, and close deals faster. Yeah, I mean, we've all been there. Like, we've all been on a call yeah. where we're like, dude, I wish I would have said that or like, ah, I, you know, yeah, I should have brought exactly. that up or whatever. And now you're sending like a frantic email. So I like the idea of cues. And, and I totally agree with you. Like, that's how I teach scripts is like, I compare right. it to like your favorite movie, right? Or your favorite mm -hmm. actor, right? Mm -hmm. They're such a good actor because they take, because every movie has a script. And like, mm -hmm. you see some of those documentaries with like, with like the actual directors and they're like very mm -hmm. strict about the script. Like you have to Indeed. stick to it, but the difference between a really good movie and a really bad movie are how the actors made the script their own and they internalized it and they did some improvising, but they could improvise. And this is what I tell salespeople, like you can improvise once you know the, the ideas and kind of the, the whole essence yeah. of the, of what you're trying to accomplish, because yeah, you can improvise if it helps you get to the end point, right? There's nothing yeah. wrong with that. It's a great way it's to It's just like, it. yeah. You know what I mean? It's just like, but I got, you got people yes. improvising who just have commission breath. All they want is a deal, right? And you're never going to get there. This just doesn't work. You know what I'm saying? It doesn't work. So, so I agree. Like, I, I feel like cues, I feel like that, you know, that product in that way is a really good, happy medium to sell to reps. It's like, no, it's not a script, but it's also not letting you do whatever the hell you want because that doesn't work either. <laughs> like, how about we, you know, this is, you know, here's an idea. You know what I mean? I like that. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, frameworks. That's yeah, <laughs> it, it really is. And so I really like that you said that, that you can make it along the way. Well, that's really awesome, uh, Robin. I really appreciate you being here and sharing all these insights with us. Um, tell tell us where everybody. Give us a website to SmartQ. Tell us where we can follow you and and learn more and all that good stuff. Yeah, yeah. Hey, Delton. Firstly, thank you for having me. I enjoyed our conversation a lot. <laughs> um, and and yeah, I mean, SmartQ's website is getsmartq.com. Uh, you can find me on LinkedIn, my first name, last name, which is Robin Singh V on Twitter. It's the same. Uh, we have a Substack newsletter. Folks can go subscribe to smartq.substack.com. Uh, we have a fledgling YouTube channel, which should start, you where you should start seeing a lot more activity. There's a little bit of activity already there now. And it is, you know, at GetSmartQ on YouTube. So, um, yeah. yeah, those are all the places you can find me. Um, <laughs> I'm always interested in talking to fellow founders, folks who are on the same path with me. Um, I, I truly believe in the power of community and, and sort of uh, giving back where I can and, 
and um, believing that that karma will come come right back to me. So, you know, if there's of folks course. out there who want to have a conversation, reach out, I'd be more than happy to talk. Right on. Well, I love it. Thank you so much, Robin. Thank you for having me, Dalton. <laughs>